it's great that anyone can create an app and a product these days. It also means there's a lot of noise to get through to really get customers and get users that you want. And to be honest, if you think that just going full time on something is going to make you more productive and excel your product, that's definitely a wrong assumption because it's it's very dangerous when you have all that time to figure out what to do with it, especially if you don't have a team or anything like pushing you in a direction. Hello and welcome back to Indie Bites, the podcast where I bring you stories from fellow indie hackers in 15 minutes or less. In this episode, we have Elston Barreto, who is the founder of Tinyhost and is probably in a similar position to most indie hackers, working on a side project that earns a few hundred dollars MRR alongside a full-time job. Elston started out his career at JP Morgan and then chased a startup dream, co-founding a company with 14 employees. But then after that failed, he went back to a full-time role and launched Tinyhost in January 2020. You may not have heard of Elston and his project, but I want to bring you some more relatable stories of those indie hackers who might be in a similar position to you who are facing some of the same challenges that you are. In this episode, we talk about how Elston made $1,000 in a couple of days using lifetime deals, how his SEO strategy has led to over 150 sites a day being created using his product and the tactics he used for that. Now, Elston is a member of the community that is sponsoring today's podcast, Weekend Club. If you've listened to episodes of Indie Bites before, you would have heard me talk about this community because I owe a lot to everyone at Weekend Club for me launching this podcast and staying motivated to keep pushing forward. In fact, right now I'm recording this on a Focus Buddy session with two of my Weekend Club friends, Rishi and Charlie, ensuring that I get this episode out today. Weekend Club runs sessions every Saturday in European and US time zones to work through our goals for the day. If you want to join the friendliest community for indie hackers and bootstrappers, head to weekendclub.co and enter the code IndieBytes for 50% off your first month. Elston, welcome to the podcast. Can you tell me a little bit more about Tinyhost and why you started it? Tinyhost is just a very simple way to share your web project online. What I realize is we've got to a point on the web that it is actually very simple to get your web page out there. And, you know, I, I was making websites 10, 15 years ago, for example, and there were a lot of things you had to do to get, get a web page up there. But the problem was, I feel like the tools and the services out there hadn't caught up with the simplicity out there. A lot of the cloud services, you, you can upload these websites very simply on there, but you need the technical know-how to do that. I literally wanted to create a very simple drag and drop kind of service that say you have a web page here, literally zip it up, copy and paste it onto this web page. And within literally 10, 15 seconds, it's live. That's it. And there's literally you know, two, two inputs to fill. One is the domain name you want. And the second is the zip files. There are a lot of tools, web page builders out there, but there are a lot of people out there who are interested in learning to code and interested in playing around with HTML or just getting a template themselves and want to edit it, but they need to upload it somewhere. So we are situated in a place where you have a little bit of experience or you can edit your HTML file here and there using your own tools. But you don't want the limitations of a website builder because a website builder is very limited in a sense that you can only use specific templates or change certain parts of it. So it, it removes the hosting element of web development for you. Mm. Well, it's good to see you've captured a niche there and it's great to see Tinyhost doing well. Talking of being successful, you had a pretty successful launch of Tinyhost using lifetime deals. Now, there's some conversation around lifetime deals being beneficial. Maybe they're giving away too much value to start with. Maybe if you sell lifetime deals, it won't be profitable long term. 
How have you found that has benefited you for Tiny Host and how did that launch go? To be honest, I, I didn't know much about lifetime deals before this and I saw a few coming up here and there and I was like, this seems like an interesting sales channel. So I was really trying to push for sales and revenue for, for Tiny Host. I think there's a, a few really high level points to consider that made it successful. The first thing is definitely the, the presentation of the offer. So if you look on our website, we've had a really cool widget that showed you what you would get how many um, slots available so it was a limited capacity and how long the offer would last for essentially so for example if you didn't buy the first tier because it was sold out then the price would uh, move up to the second tier then the price would move up to the third the third tier on top of that we created a really cool og image which had a very vivid description of what the deal was, what the you know full price of the offer was, but what you're getting it for. And so every time somebody shared that across WhatsApp or Facebook or Twitter, that image came up and it was very clear, for example, that we had a you know limited lifetime deal offer. The, the pricing was very important as well. I think with pricing, you have to set it between the bounds of these LTDs, which are between 50 to $100 for you. Mm. So we'll talk a little bit about marketing because I think as a marketer and someone who's worked in marketing my whole career, when I watch indie hackers, sometimes it's painful because they build their products away silently. They may even do it for years before they yep. then launch. You're actively putting marketing first for Tiny Host and you're a developer. Yeah, honestly, it gets, it gets the better of us. So I learned this lesson the hard way. And I think a lot of people have to learn the lesson, to be honest, especially if you're a developer. I, I launched an app years ago. We spent six, eight months developing it. And then suddenly we launched it and we were like, why isn't every single person <laughs> in the world downloading this? As much as it's great that anyone can create an app and, and a product these days, it also means there's a lot of noise to get through to really get customers and get users that you want. For me, it came to a point where, yeah, I enjoyed the technical part, but I realized I really liked the, the marketing side of it. So as as much as TinyHost was a, was a new kind of SaaS product for me, it was an opportunity for me to really understand how to market a product. So if you look at the, the very first version of TinyHost compared to it now, very little has really changed in the sense I could have built a lot more features out than I have right now. But I spent 80% of my time just focusing marketing and 20% based on feedback product development. And, and that's worked really well. I think like we, we have over 7,000 websites which have been uploaded since that in a very, in a quite competitive space as well, because I, I didn't realize what kind of competitors I, I'd have in, in the space. Yeah. How, how did you feel when you were getting that traction? You were starting to see tons and tons of people using it. And it, it must have been quite quick in these, what, 11 months, you're up to 7,000 yeah. sites hosted. Yeah, it's great. It's a weird thing with, I think, products is you get this kind of numbing effect where when you get your first user, you're like, wow, this is great. And then suddenly you have 100 users and you're like, okay, this is all right. But you just constantly want more and more. But you have to get to a point where you just now, okay, I've got 7,000. How do I get to 10,000 or 50,000 or 100,000? Do you, do you think good... that's a problem? Do you think it's a problem that we're, we're always looking to get bigger and bigger and maybe why some indie hackers end up taking investment? I've noticed a a few mm. indie businesses who start out fully indie and they want to be indie. They have no intention of raising, but as they start to get traction, uh, they want more and then they will raise so they can go further. Yeah. I feel like to get to a certain goal, you need to have the drive to get there. And that drive doesn't just disappear when you get to that goal, right? It, it, I think you have to be clear about what you're trying to do with your product and, and where you're trying to get with it. So try and at least set your goals, for example, that you want to 
get to this stage. It's a very big problem in the startup world. But what I like about the indie space is there's no real pressure besides yourself to figure out where you want to go. So it's purely your prerogative and, and what you feel like you need more. And I, I think, yeah, there is a definite something inside of a lot of builders out there to want more more revenue. Or And I think the common thing is, is making money is more fun than spending money with a lot of entrepreneurs out there. So Elston, you mentioned earlier that you've seen some success with creating those SEO pages. For me, I really struggle to understand SEO and I'm thinking we can do like a mini SEO masterclass here. Can you talk us through how you figured out the terms you wanted to rank for, how you made these pages and then figured out what copy to put on them and then sort of when you started to see traction from the pages? First of all, I, I don't understand SEO either, but I think I understand, <laughs> understand enough to get some results from it. The, the basic premise is you have a website and Google will feature you more and more depending on how many other websites link to your website. And it also depends on what the content of your website is and the domain authority or rating of the website that links to your website. I created a set of five landing pages, and these are based off using a tool like Ubersuggest or there's Ahrefs, there's a lot of tools out there, and just ideas of what you think people would Google around your product or topic. And then from that, it gives you a table of results around those kind of keywords, and it also tells you a search difficulty as well as how much traffic that website, that search term gets and how much people are paying to target those keywords. So the sweet spot is a low search difficulty. So it's from zero to hundred, so anything around 20 or less with a high CTC, I think it's cost per click. And that is what you want to create a page about. So for example, I created a page around host HTML file, which is where I'm ranked very high right now. And it was a very low kind of search difficulty on that. And the content of the page has to be engaging. It, there's no point just creating pages which is copy and paste content because Google again will outrank you. It needs to be around 800 to 1,000 words. However, it needs to include those keywords. So you'll find a lot of SEO-driven content is not the most engaging from a reader, but it is tailored towards Google's kind of search engines. And so it has keywords and that kind of stuff. And so I made five or six landing pages against different topics around that. And that did really well. And there's a lot more you can do. There's things like page speed, how long it takes to load, how long people spend on your website. So if they literally come on your website for one second and bounce back to another website, Google will note that and they will downrank you for that. So trying to keep it engaging. So maybe something that makes them stay for a few seconds longer. So all of these things add up. But the basic, I think, foundation and the real premise of the search engine optimization is backlinks, domain links, and keywords. So targeting topics around that, I think, is, is a very good start. But you need patience with it. That's really the big thing. And I saw it with Saba, I see with other people, and you think you want you get instant results, but it takes a long time, months and months, for Google to really trust you. It's like building a relationship with, with the web and, and Google. So how's the SEO you've been performing for you since you started doing it? Yeah, it's been doing really well recently. I created about five landing pages back in February or March, and that was by recommendation of Saba from Veed. And these were targeting specific long tail words or just things which are underserved related to the app. And literally nothing came through from that for months and months. <laughs> and then suddenly, literally in like November, I saw like a massive influx of just people creating websites. So back in February, it was something like, 
I don't know, 30 sites a day was it was a good number. But now I'm literally getting around 150 sites uploaded every single day. And past 10,000 sites uploaded in total since launch, which is a great number. It's probably even higher than that. And yeah, so it's been really well. And I've realized that this is the main kind of strategy that's working so far. Yeah. And you've sort of been everywhere. You've been at JP Morgan, where you work in the corporate rat race. You've been at uni in the States. You've been working on side projects that have done well, side projects that have flopped. And you've also worked in your own funded businesses. Yeah, that that journey, I think a lot of people haven't experienced in, in the short, such a short space of time, which I have. What I thought I liked at the beginning is not what I like now. I remember for example, back in uni when the social network came out and I was like, wow, you see the insights of Facebook. This is great. Can't be that hard to you know, build a startup. <laughs> I'm like, how wrong I was at that point in time. Again, it depends on, I think, your your character and, and your passions and interests. What's been the hmm. most enjoyable marketing things for you with TinyHost and what sort of advice would you give to to indie hackers, maybe from a tactical perspective for growing. Producing, again, developing content or building something related to your product, which you can really share across lots of channels. So for example, we built a simple kind of page that had 75 ideas of how freelancers and agencies can get new clients. And that was something we launched on Product Hunt. So that was really cool for me because I could spend a week or two building that, put a lot of attention into it, and then spend the rest of the time just sharing across as many channels as possible. So you, you were building mini projects as marketing for yep. your main project. You said it took you two weeks, but you could really get stuck into it. And it didn't feel much like marketing. It was just another yep. project, a side project for your side project. Exactly. Maybe, maybe that's a nice way of framing it for, for people that don't enjoy specifically just marketing. Tiny Host, uh, when, when we chatted earlier, is on about four and a half K revenue. And it's not enough to sustain you full time. You do have a yep. full time job still, yep. and you work on Tiny Host at the side. How, how do you sort of manage your time building it? And do you ever have any plans to go full time on it? And that, is that the ambition? Yeah, I think eventually I would like to. And that's always been my idea is to build a team around it and get it to a bigger stage. I think it's definitely difficult to do a product part-time and there's sacrifices that need to be made. But I've also worked full-time on, on a product and I've seen the downsides of it. And to be honest, it's if you think that just going full-time on something is going to make you more productive and excel your product, that's definitely a wrong assumption because it's... It's very dangerous when you have all that time to figure out what to do with it, especially if you don't have a team or anything like pushing you in a direction. So the focus is a really key, important part of you know, doing a project part time because you only have X amount of hours a week and day. So it's being you know, really uh, militant and cutthroat with your decisions and, and figuring out what's the most important thing to do. And that's also helped me figure out, yeah, it's, it's been marketing at the end of the day rather than building any product. Definitely. All right. Elson, it's been a great chat. I, I finished every episode on three recommendations. Your yep. favorite book, your favorite podcast, and an indie hacker people should follow. My favorite book, I think, for indie hacker would be Attraction. I don't, do you want me to get the exact title? No, I've, it's been recommended before. Uh, I've been listening to one podcast for like years and years before it became a big trendy thing. And that's the Tim Ferriss show, which a lot of people probably have, have heard, heard before. Mm -hmm. And then my favorite indie hacker, Saba from Veed, shout out to Veed.io. He's been really useful in just directing me just a little bit ahead in terms of what I should do next, which I think is a big thing as well. Find, try and find a, some kind of mentor, which is just a little bit ahead of what you where you are. It's super helpful. Thanks so much for joining me. No worries. Thanks, James. <laughs>